Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 22 and through 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. All through these scriptures, we see clearly that God gives commands to his children. Often his commands are strong and straightforward. But then, just as often, his commands may seem more like guidelines, even suggestions, often given in kindness and gentleness. But regardless of the manner in which God gives his commands, underlying each One of those commands is a sure and a certain unction that tells us that we must obey his words. Thankfully, also underlying all of his commands is that one all-important command that sets all the other commands into their proper context. And that is the command of love. That we are to love the Lord our God with all that we have within us. And then we are to turn and love all the other people within our lives, even as Christ loves them. And with that commandment of love to undergird us, then all of God's other commands to us then become much easier to follow and not burdensome to us. Those words from 1 John 5, we read in beginning in verse 2, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. The commands given to us here today in Ephesians 5 are gently given. They are not burdensome, but they are still commands. And so were the words that we studied last week from verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And also the words in Philippians 2 that we studied last week. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Those are all gently given commands. And then so also will be the one in verse 25 regarding how a man is to love his wife. Those are all gently given commands, but they are still commands. Now why and under what circumstances does God find it necessary to give commands to us? The answer to that question, by the way, will become ever so important as we continue to study this blessed relationship that God has given to husbands and wives. And you and I will want to know the answer to that question. So then, why and under what circumstances will God deem it necessary to give commands to you and me? He will give commands, and listen carefully, He will give commands to us when the thing that He is commanding us to do does not come as a natural response within our given nature. In other words, as in this case with submission 
and as we'll also find regarding the man's ability to love in verse 25. Neither of those comes as a natural part of our character. Now may I say that again? Having a submissive response towards one another is not natural in our character. Yes, some people are by nature more passive, easygoing than others. But listen, beneath the surface of every personality is an independent nature that at some level will always revert to the demands of their pride. My claim to my right to myself. And while you and I may not often be able to see that response taking place within a person, it is still nonetheless there lurking beneath the surface. Hearing these words, as we said in the message last week, God has begun this admonition towards humility and submission by addressing both the husband and wife, and indeed also to all people. But in our text for today, God focuses in on the necessity for humility and submission from the wives. May I read those words again? Verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now again, you'll recall in last week's message that God first set the stage for obedience to this command by commanding all people to be humble and submissive in their relationships to one another. And may I go ahead and repeat those words for us again. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then Philippians 2, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own needs, but also to the interests of others. Now in these words, we see that it's incumbent again, upon each member of a relationship to be humble and submissive towards each other. Not only for the good of their own soul, but also to make the humility and the submission of others easier for them to do. And that's especially so on the part of us husbands. If and to the degree that a husband obeys these commands regarding humility and submission, then the command given specifically to the wife to be humble and respectful and submissive then will become much easier for her to follow. Now may I say that a bit stronger to us husbands. Husbands, we must be warned that if we are not faithful to fulfill our part of these commands, then it will make our wives' response of submission burdensome and ever so difficult. So what then do these words require of a wife? Again, let me just read through them again. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. In verse 21, where each of us, including the wife, was instructed to be submissive to everyone. 
submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, it must be understood that the circumstances and the level of submissiveness should always be defined by the situation and the individual persons that are involved. Here God addresses the very intimate relationship between a husband and a wife. And he's being very specific in his commands to her, saying to her, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Did you take note of those words? They are clear and specific, using a double possessive wording within them. Your own husband, as the Lord described who the wife is to be submissive towards. Folks, God does not waste any of these precious words. These words are all very, very intentional. In the intimate relationships that are commonly enjoyed by a husband and wife, those most intimate of relationships, the wife is to submit only to her, her own husband and to no other. Not to someone else's husband, not to her boyfriend, not to anyone else. Now again, note those words. They're very simple and specific. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And in the submission, it's to be as to the Lord. What does that mean? As to the Lord. The command harkens back then to that first and greatest command that we said a moment ago that's required of her. To love the Lord her God with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then along with that love that she has for the Lord, she is also to submit with that same fervor to the Lord. Now here, the Lord is giving us this analogy. The submission that the wife has towards her husband must be in like manner to the submission that she has towards Christ. And here in verse 23, we read why her submission has to be of that same fervor. It's because God has given her husband a special position of authority and of responsibility within the relationship. Verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself his Savior. See, this is a continuation of the first sentence. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Those are very serious words, and they must be taken as such. Here God declares that the husband is to be the head, the leader, the decision maker within that relationship. But may I say that that analogy must not be taken too far because men will often use those words as a reason to lord over their wives because they are the head, the decision maker. Great care must be taken with that. The analogy also needs not be taken too far because here the words declare Christ to be the Savior of the church. The husband should not be considered as such. The husband can never be the Savior of his wife. Yes, he can help her towards salvation, 
but he can never be her Savior because there is but one Savior of our souls, and that is Christ himself. But the importance of the wife accepting and and embracing the role of her husband being the head, the spiritual leader of their relationship, is still very emphatic here. Now, no doubt, many wives who read or hear these words struggle to rationalize these words in context with the relationship that they have with their husbands. Their first response being that this really can't be what the Lord means. This really can't be what He means. Oh, but it is. It is. Sarah, Abraham's wife, actually called Abraham her Lord. Listen to these words from 1 Peter 3 beginning in verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husband, so that even if some husbands do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now when we read the story of Sarah's life and about how she struggled with her being able to conceive a child. We can see that some of her responses to those difficulties of life were not always godly. She did not always trust God as she should have. And in asking Abraham to father a child through another woman, she surely violated God's moral laws. But though she failed in some of those matters, her overall life, as we read here, was still counted as being very godly and very honorable, one to be emulated, especially in this matter of respect for her husband, because it's spelled out for us here in First Peter. Her respect for her husband, as she called him Lord. As for us in this generation, are the thoroughly modern women of today's culture, expected to do as Sarah did as she respected her husband as her Lord. May I suggest that it would be an admirable pursuit. Unfortunately, the most prominent roadblock to a wife's respect and submission towards her husband will come from the husband himself. A wife knows her husband better than any other person knows him. She not only sees and hears his behavior, her keen intuitive senses can also know things about her husband that even he doesn't perceive about himself. I know that's so with me and my wife. And so when those things that our wives see and hear and sense in us men are not trustworthy, They're not worthy of respect, perhaps even defiling. Then her task 
of respecting and honoring and obeying and being submissive becomes an insurmountable obstacle. But note the encouragement that was given here in these words by the Apostle Peter. He said, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husband, so that even if some do not obey the word, if the husband does not obey the word, then they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Those words, I know, are a tall order for most wives, especially when their husbands' failures are so many and so often. But still, this is the standard that God sets. May I say that again? This is the standard that God sets. The key to a wife being able to remain respectful and submissive to her husband is that she must always do everything as unto the Lord. Her faithfulness must ever and always be to the Lord, irrespective of her husband's behavior. And may I admonish the wives to not just grit your teeth and bear it. That's not what God intends. God does not desire for our teeth to be set on edge. Anger and bitterness can quickly develop, destroying whatever love you once had, once enjoyed. No, as a wife loves and respects and honors her husband as unto the Lord, she must do it with the strength of the indwelling Holy Spirit. It is that power and that power alone that will befit her to meet her duties with the joy that God intends. Now, two final thoughts before we close. Note the words in verse 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Here God emphasizes that the wife must submit to her husband in everything. But the understanding and the application of those words must also be guarded very carefully else we'll go astray with them. In this crooked and depraved generation in which we now live, many a husband has no doubt twisted and misused those words, asking their wives to participate in behaviors that are sinful. May I say emphatically that if a husband asks his wife to sin, she should certainly not obey Certainly not. God will never command anyone to participate in sin, whether it's through a direct command from himself to us or secondarily through a husband asking his wife to sin. And note also carefully this analogy that God is giving. It's as the church submits to Christ that wives should submit to their husbands. And again, Christ would never Ask his bride, the church, you and me, to participate in sin. And so neither should a husband ever ask his wife to sin. So then, don't be confused. Wives, wives, keep all of your behavior pure and holy 
and especially so as it regards the marriage bed. And in that regard, I want to examine one last instruction given here regarding humility and submission on the part of the wife. In today's culture, the withholding of oneself from their husband or their wife, perhaps as a punishment or as a bargaining chip or simply out of anger, seems quite common. Listen to the instructions that the Lord gives regarding that behavior in 1 Corinthians 7, beginning in verse 2. Because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. Listen. Verse 3. The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Folks, listen. God is really God. And He is God over everything that we think and say and do. And you and I must embrace that. He's involved in every intimate detail of our lives. And you and I need to honor and respect and obey all that He has to say about each of those matters of our life. May we close with these words again. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Amen. Let's pray.